Somebody say amen if you feel it. Come on, I said say amen if you feel it. Hallelujah, amen, amen, amen. It's so good to be in the house of the Lord today, and I am so happy to have all of you here with me in the house of the Lord. And we welcome all of our guests that are with us. Thank you for being here today, and I echo Eric. It's so good to have the Climans here with us today. And uh, I told him when I saw him, I said, had I known that you all were here, you'd be on the drums, Rachel would be up here singing, and he goes, well, that's why we didn't tell anybody that we were coming. And I said, I understand that. There's certain Sundays that I like to be off as well, off. You know, that's, that's where you kind of get a break sometimes. But we are thankful for what God's doing in the Kleiman family and their ministry in Grand Rapids. And, uh, and we're happy to have them here. And I know the Rappellis are happy to have them here too. And so Brother Dominic has been excited all morning that his family's here with him today. Amen. Well, I don't really have a lot uh, of notes for you today. In fact, I don't have any notes for you today. Um, some of you are probably thinking, praise God, we're getting out early today. We can still get breakfast. No, I do have a word for you. I just don't have any notes for you. And so if I get a little awkward today or uncomfortable, it's because I am. All week I've, I, I try to prepare for, for this service. Um, and I, I tend to do okay. I'm usually in touch with God and I have a word. Um, but for some reason this week I wasn't able to get in tune or get in. I couldn't find the station that God was playing on this week. Um, until about Thursday morning. And even then I, I tried to write down what I felt the Lord was impressing upon me. But I didn't know how to write it down. And uh, even into this morning, I thought, nope, that's not what I need to speak because God always clearly gives me the words I need to say and I can put them in notes and that way I'm not running off like a rabbit, you know, chasing the rabbit hole. But, but God has just told me to get up and just speak to you from my heart today. And that's what I want to do. I have one verse of scripture for you and I'll give you that in a moment. But um, I want to just, I, I, I've, I've made it a... I don't know if it's a habit or just something of my life that I want to be open. I want to be vulnerable. Um, and it's something that I'm working through. It's not something that I've always been. I haven't always been a vulnerable, open book type of person. And I think many of us uh, growing up, um, depending on how our parents raised us, and I have, I have great parents. I had great parents raise me. And, um, and I'm thankful that I still have them today. And, and there's times that they still are raising me. I still call my dad at 35 years old. I call my dad and I say, Dad, I need help with this. I don't know how to handle this. And, and he's able to help me if he, if he can. And if he can't, he prays for me. And I'm thankful that I have a father like that. And I know not everybody has that relationship or has that parent. But I do have. And so when I say this, I, I want you to understand that I'm not upset with my parents. But... Growing up, especially as a pastor's kid, um, we had a, co a cone of silence around our house. That what was said in the pastor's home stays in the pastor's home. Um, there were things that my mom and dad talked about in the church that I probably shouldn't have heard about people in the church. They didn't talk about people, but they were discussing 
issues that maybe was happening or counseling that my dad was going through. He was talking with my mom and or back and forth. And and a lot of times my parents, it was it was funny if we went out to dinner with a couple in the church or a family in the church and they had to get serious talk in. Um, usually it was at Cracker Barrel. It was, hey, go to the bathroom. And I said, I don't have to go to the bathroom. They said, well, go try anyway. But my food just got here. We'll warm it up for you when you get back. Go to the bathroom. And we always knew that that meant that they either wanted to talk about us or they wanted to talk about things that they didn't want us to hear. And at Cracker Barrel, we wouldn't go to the bathroom. We'd go to the toy section. But at 27 years old, going to the toy section was not as fun. No, I'm just playing. I wasn't 27 years old. Just seeing if y'all are sticking with me. Y'all are like, he's going in deep today. I'm going to, but we'll get there, okay? At 13, 14, 15 years old, I thought, man, this is still, you can't talk about this. And, and they were trying to protect me from, from what it was because no 15-year-old, no 16-year-old, 17, 18, however old, doesn't need to hear what a pastor is having to deal with sometimes. We don't need that extra pressure and stress. But there were times that I would hear these conversations and, um, and, and then my parents would say, did you hear what we were talking about? Yes, I did. You understand that we don't talk about that. You don't say this to anybody. You don't talk, tell your friends about it. I understand. And what that did is that caused me to just not talk about things. I'm not allowed to talk about things. And, and it wasn't my parents put it on me and said, you're not allowed to share your emotions and your feelings. But I remember I would come home from school and, and, and maybe have a bad day. In high school, I had a teacher that was just horrible. I mean, absolutely awful. And... Um, and I would come home, I'd be upset, I'd be so hurt and, and just broken. And my parents could tell, they can tell that I had some chips on my shoulders. Um, and I wasn't eating them, they weren't good chips. And so they, they, they'd say, what's wrong, what happened today? And I wouldn't want to talk about it. And so I'd bury it in and, uh, and eventually at some point it would just explode. And everything would come out. I would, I would be upset about my teacher, I'd be upset about something that a friend said or... Um, that, that a person in the youth group did or said and, and it would all come out and what I realized I was doing and I still continued to do it up until just a, several months ago a little over a year ago is I would build everything up in me until my bucket or my bag was full and then when I couldn't take it anymore it would just explode anybody know what I'm talking about anybody know what I, that feeling and so I've, I've tried to make it a habit of mine, uh, recently not a habit, uh, a routine of mine I guess you would say, part of my life to not allow things to get so heavy in my spirit and my heart that it starts to bring me down, it starts to weigh me down or I explode on the wrong person, I get upset at the wrong person because that has happened. Um, and it's happened when I've been driving and somebody comes and they cut me off and six months of anger built up comes out and, you know, and I've, I've, I've never really had major road rage, but I've been angry while driving and, and that's not always good. Somebody else knows what I'm talking about in here. Some of you men are pointing to your wife right now. I don't know what that's about, but you, know, you might want to chill that out for a minute. Or maybe you're in a conversation with somebody and, and they say something to set you off. The, today's words are, it's called a trigger. And, and it triggers you and it sets you off and you just go off on this person and you're so angry. And they didn't do anything wrong, but they said something or they looked at you the wrong way. Or maybe if it's of something religion that has built up in you with the church and you come in and, and pastor doesn't shake your hand and, and ask you about how your whole week has went. 
and, and that makes you upset and every pastor you've ever had is a horrible person. I'm not saying that that's happened in this church. I'm just saying that's an example. Maybe it's somebody across the aisle or somebody that out in the foyer. Maybe you didn't get the donut that you wanted this morning. Somebody took the cinnamon sugar donut and that's what you wanted. Surprise, we don't get cinnamon sugar donuts. Why? Because they're a mess everywhere. Do we still get sprinkled donuts? I don't think we get those either. Oh, we still do? Okay, all right. We got to change that up too. But uh, obviously the cleaning people don't mind cleaning up sprinkles here and there. But, but little things can build up and, and from time to time they, they can explode. And so one of the things that I've learned to do is I have learned um, that I need somebody that I can go and talk to. I need counseling. I need professional counseling. Um, and, not, and my spouse, is a, my wife Stephanie, is incredible to talk to. But there's times that I don't feel like I can just drop everything that's inside of me onto her. Because then she takes that on. And her bucket is full of things with the kids and with their school and with groceries and with home and everything else. And so I talk to somebody professionally. And it's, and it's been no secret. I've shared that with you. Um, I, I am okay. All right. Don't everybody think pastor's going to lose it today. This is a mental breakdown. It's not. I spoke to my counselor this week. We're good. Um, but I think counseling is for everybody. I, I really do. I think that, uh, that it's for every man, woman, boy, girl. It's for everybody, no matter your age, no matter your job. I really feel as though that this is important. And if you don't, wanna, if you don't trust a counselor, if you don't want to talk to a counselor, at least talk to somebody. Talk to a friend. Um, because things tend to happen. And, and so this week... I, like I said, I've been an open book with you, and, and talking to somebody has helped me become more open. And, and, and as a pastor, when I came here, I really wasn't vulnerable, I wasn't open, but God has got me to that point. And Wednesday night, if you were here or you watched online, you heard me say that when I pray, I, I ask the Lord to uh, give me a humble spirit, to humble my spirit. And um, I don't always like that. I pray it, but I don't always like it. Well, Pastor, why do you pray it? Because I know that if I don't pray it, He'll humble me on his own, and I'm not going to like it even more than I already don't like it. But I prayed on Wednesday night uh, before service, and I prayed this morning before service. Humble my spirit, humble my heart. And, and I feel as though that God has used my weakness to make me stronger. And in my weakness, he has seen me. He's been there for me. But this week, I, I just... Uh, we had a good week. It's, we were in the first couple of weeks of school. And it's, it's stressful, as every parent knows, when you first go back to school. Um, and parents that have sent their kids to a new school, you know that that can be somewhat stressful. You worry, you worry about your kids. You pray that they're going to fit in. You pray that they're going to make friends. And, and our kids started going to a new school this school year. All three of them are in the same school. And, and we're thankful that God has made that happen and was able to make that happen. And so things have been a little stressful, but not bad. But Wednesday night... I felt like we had a great time of prayer and, and the, the Lord spoke Wednesday night and I just felt peace in his house. But when I got home, I, I went inside, I went in and helped my kids with their homework and um, my wife had already been home. Jace had gotten really sick and, and uh, she was on the phone with our doctor throughout the day trying to figure out what Jace needed. Um, and so he said he needs rest, just if you can, stay home with him. So I got home to kind of relieve her, to help get the kids to bed, you know, because she'd been with them all afternoon. And so I'm helping getting the kids to bed, and, and after everything is all settled, it's right around 9 o'clock, and time for me to get myself ready for bed. So I went into the bathroom, I brushed my teeth, I washed my face, I washed behind my ears, and, you know, like Mama said to do, and all that. And, 
And so while I was getting ready uh, for bed and I'm washing behind my ears, I all of a sudden felt this uh, pressure move into my chest. And um, I didn't know what it was. All of a sudden I, I started breathing heavy. I couldn't, and then I couldn't breathe. And so we have tried to make in our house um, a place, we've tried to make it a place of peace and a place of rest. And in fact, if, if my wife and I have a disagreement over something, we, we actually will move out into the car um, so the kids don't hear if we're disagreeing, which doesn't happen often. In fact, it hasn't really happened uh, very much. Uh, but we try to keep the inside a place of peace. I try to keep church phone calls out of the house because I don't want my kids to hear church phone calls. I don't want to bring that in. And so I immediately went out into the driveway and uh, and I thank God that we have a, a security doorbell. So if you ever try to sneak up to our house at night, don't. Um, our, our neighbor's been doing this thing with this mask lately, like this, you know, whatever. And, and he's like scaring his friends and stuff. And I said, dude, you come to my house, you won't be doing that anymore. Um, so if you try to sneak up in the driveway, there is a camera out there. And I'm thankful for that camera because it chimed into my wife's phone and my phone. As soon as I went out, it picked up my motion and she saw that I was in the driveway. And she saw that I was pacing back and forth in the driveway. Um, I was shaking uncontrollably. My hands were shaking. I, I couldn't breathe. I was doing everything I could to get, to get a breath of, of fresh air. And so I got over to my truck. I opened the door and I, sat in the, I just sat in the seat of my truck. And my wife came out and the doctor who she had been on the phone with earlier in the day had called at that time. And I'm, I'm thankful. Somebody asked me this week, they said, do you believe that God orchestrates everything? I said, absolutely, I do. I do believe that God orchestrates everything that happens. We may think that we're, it's us, but really it's God. It really is God. I believe it is. Because in the middle of my anxiety panic attack um, that I was having, my doctor called, my wife. And she said, hold on, Dr. Mark, just one second. Austin's having an anxiety attack. And I got in the truck. She brought me some water. And it was, Austin, breathe. Close your eyes in through your nose, out through your mouth, deep breaths, slow it down, slow your heart down, focus on your heart, slow it down. And I'm thankful that at that moment, my doctor had called in that moment to help. And it lasted about 10 to 15 minutes. And I've had anxiety attacks all my life and I'm claiming victory over them. Eventually, I don't know when, but in God's timing, I'm claiming victory over them. But I've dealt with them all my life and I've always had a reason for why I've had it. I've started a new job and I had an anxiety attack the night before. The night before I got married, I had a panic attack. God, is this the right thing? I love her. She's beautiful. I love her. God, what's wrong with me right now? And, and, and the night, uh, or, 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 or kind of mid-pregnancy on all three kids. Oh, what did I just do? This is going to get expensive. And then, you know, two kids was good, but then surprise, here comes Jace. And it's like, Oh man, three kids is more expensive than two kids and I don't know how this is going to work and I had reasons for everything but Wednesday night when I, I kind of was able to get control of it, my wife is there and she's trying to help me unpack it and she said, what is going on? What, what's happening? And I said, I don't know why this has come upon me. I said, I was literally just washing my face and all of a sudden maybe it was I felt like I was, you know, at Guantanamo Bay or something and, you know, waterboarding. I don't know what it was. I washed my face every night. Never had that happen. I don't know what was going on. And she said, well, well, let's pray for peace tonight so that you can sleep. And then, you know, and, and I had a call the next day already with, with a friend of mine that helps me kind of just 
unpack things. And, um, and so I knew that that day was going to come or, or that time was going to come the next day. But I, went to, I was able to go to bed and I couldn't think about and I couldn't figure out what it was. And so the next morning I woke up and, and I, was, I, I was still kind of, um, I don't know how to explain it. I was still just kind of high strung a little bit. I was more, a little more upset that I didn't know what was causing this anxiety attack. And um, some of you are thinking right now, Pastor, you shouldn't be sharing this stuff. This shows your weakness. Oh, I told you through my weakness, God has made me stronger. And so I'm, I'm driving my school bus and, and, and it's peaceful. It was a cool morning, which I love cool mornings on the school bus because you turn the heat on, the kids get on, it's dark, it's hot on the bus, and they go back to sleep. It's awesome. It's great. Now, the afternoon, that's a whole other story. But in the morning, it was great. And so I'm driving, and, and I just kind of started unpacking some of this. And I, I kind of started going through some things, and, and nothing was really making sense to me. Everything that I've been dealing with that I thought that it was okay started coming out of the suitcase that I was unpacking. And so I, I finished my route. I picked up all my kids. I didn't miss anybody, which was good. Drop them all off at the school, and I'm sitting at the middle school waiting to start my elementary route. And I just sat there and I prayed. And I said, God, I need your help. I need to know what's going on in my life. I have been, I've been teaching on prayer. I've been preaching on prayer. I've implemented new prayer strategies in my own life to help me pray better. I have an appointment with you every day, Lord. I, I have it in my, in my phone. My alarm goes off every day at the same time for me to pray and I set that time aside with God and God this is a, an un, you know this is an unscheduled appointment but I need I need peace I need rest and God gave me this verse and this is my verse for you today let's put it up brother Aaron in Matthew chapter 11 he said come to me all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest so that's my verse for you today you ready to preach now? Because I'm ready to preach. So this is what God gave me to speak to you this week. Come unto me, all who are weary and are heavy burdened. Another version says heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Some of you are here this morning and you need rest. You've been going through life kind of like a grocery store. And... You, you've been going through and, and you go into some of these grocery stores now. Did you know that at grocery stores now you have to work for yourself? You have to scan your own items most of the time. I'm not getting paid to do that. Why is that? And the stuff isn't cheaper either. But, but they're making you bag your own stuff. And so we got these bags from Ikea. And, and you know, the thing about Ikea too is you got to put your own furniture together. I don't understand what people's obsession with Ikea is. It's great stuff. But if you don't speak Swedish or whatever they speak in Sweden, it's really hard to understand even the name of the product. But they give you these bags that you can put stuff in. And, and I feel like this is what God's given me. Okay, And, and some of you are going to be like, Pastor, this is for kids today. You know what? God said that only those that have the mind or the heart of a child can enter into the kingdom of heaven. Why is that? Because kids have faith. Kids have faith in you as a parent. 
faith in you as a grandparent. And I tell you what, when you make a promise to your kid, you didn't even have to say, I promise. But when you tell your kid that you're going to do something, they hold you to it. They really do. Even kids who aren't your kids hold you to it. You said you were going to do this for Jackson. Have you done it yet? No, I haven't. You're not even my kid. Stay out of this business. Juliana and her friends, they get on. Mr. Hopper, Mr. Hopper, you said you were going to do this for Juliana. Have you done it yet? No, I haven't. Why not? None of your business. You're not my kid. I don't even remember what I was talking about. Oh, yeah, faith as a child. So you may think that this is like a little Sunday school object lesson. It is. But this is the only way that I knew how to explain what I felt the Lord told me to tell you today. Because I know that somebody in here is going through what I'm going through. And you're going to hear today what I'm speaking. So we get this bag. This is, this is our life. Okay. And we go around and, and we find little things that, that we want to put in. That little things that we pray for. We want, um, and I just happen to come across this. We want an ideal family. So we pray, Lord, I, I need an ideal family. And we put it in the bag. And it's not that bag. It's not that bad. We can just carry this around. We've got, oh, there's some stuff over here. I, this wasn't even part of my message. But, but then we, we get around and we get, we get protocols. The government has put protocols on us. Our jobs. We got to sanitize. We gotta, I mean, you should be washing your hands anyways. Some people are like, Pastor, why don't you shake hands? Well, anyway. I wash my hands. I know where my hands have been, but some of y'all, I don't know. Anyway, sanitize. The government tells us you got to wear a mask. You got to sanitize. Your job tells you. So we drop that in the bag. We got to take care of this. And so we start carrying. It's a little bit of weight, but you know what? It's not that bad, Brother Bill. I can carry it. How you doing, Brother Bill? Ask me how I'm doing. You know, I'm doing all right. I got to sanitize now. I'm not used to that all the time. I wash my hands, but now everywhere I go, I got to sanitize. It drives me out my hands. Now I got to carry lotion, too, you know, to do all that. And so anyway, but, you know, hey, I got the ideal family. Things are working good. And so you move on throughout your day, and, and then you come across something else. What do we got here? We've got, oh, I got to check my social media. Boy, and some of y'all's social media is, is even bigger than this here. And you take on everything that's in social media. Everything. And facts checkers in social media. And, and some of y'all are facts checking your own things in social media. I won't get into that today. But we got social media that then drops in the bag. And it gets a little heavier. But I'm still doing fine, Brother Dom. Thanks for asking. I appreciate it. But, but then the next day comes. And I've got some other things I'm dealing with. You know, my finances aren't. You know, gas is high. Gas is really high right now, and you know that truck I drive out there. Boy, it was a beautiful truck the day I bought it. I was in love with that truck the day I bought it. But now I'm starting to find a bunch of things wrong with it, mainly the gas tank. It just keeps eating the gas and spitting it right back out. I don't know what it is, but my finances are a little tough. I'm struggling in my finances, trying to keep things in order. I got bills to pay. I got a house to pay. I got kids that want to do sports, and I got to pay for that. I got a girl that wants to do dance, and I got to pay for that. I got kids that are growing out of their clothes like crazy, and I got to buy new clothes. Can't we just cut them and make them shorter into shorts? Can't we just turn your pants into shorts? Yeah, but then it won't look cool. All right, fine. So, I mean, I grew up wearing B-Box. Anybody remember B-Box? Am I the only one that wore B-boxing? It was Reebok, but it was the off-brand of B-box. I wore Champion before Champion was cool. I used to wear Fila before Fila was really cool. I mean, am I the only one in here, guys? Okay, all right, I just want to make sure. Like, 
and now my kids won't put anything on unless it's got kind of a label. I mean, they do put it on eventually. You know, I was raised on two things, a Bible and a belt. They were both made of leather. One led you to heaven, the other one hurt. Well, I won't, anyway. My kids are learning about the Bible and the belt right now, but financial stuff. Boy, having a family stuff. Y'all know, y'all got like 32 kids. So, oh, they got three kids too. All right, three kids. We got financial issues, so we put that in the bag. And, and then we come over and we find something else, and, and we've got, oh, we've got friends. Some of y'all already know what I'm talking about. Y'all got some friends that, that your relationship kind of looks like it's been through some things. And I didn't mean to, but I, don't pay attention to that. Pay attention to it. Friends, you take on the burdens that your friends have. And you're taking on their hurt and you're taking on their pain. You're taking on their struggles. 90% of the time when I counsel with someone and I say, what are you so upset about? And they start telling me. 90% of the time it's not even their issue that they're upset about. It's somebody else's issue that they took on. So what do we do? We add it to our bag. The bag gets a little heavier. We move on and we've got something else here. We've got, we got our job. We've got stress on our job. And our boss isn't treating us the way that we should be treated. He's not giving us the, the amount of attention that we should be getting. We're not making the money, Brother Dom, we should be making. I mean, you know how many kids I deal with every day? I got 80 some odd high school middle schoolers on my bus. You know how much money I make? Not enough. I got y'all's kid on my bus. He's an angel, though. But the other 62 elementary kids, oh, man, they make up for it. No, they're all angels, too, in their own ways. But I don't make enough money. I'm not saying that for me. I'm saying that some of y'all say that. And I don't have enough time for hobbies because I'm always working. So I take on all of this stuff here that i got to put in. And what else do i got here? I've got, I've got addictions that I've got going. And, and I know many times people, well, addictions, I'm not, I'm not addicted to anything, Pastor. I'm not addicted to drugs and alcohol and, and smoking and all this stuff. No, but some of you are addicted to your job. You're addicted to busyness in your life. This is something that I've struggled with all my life is being addicted to ministry. Pastor, how are you addicted to ministry and that's not okay? Just because it's ministry doesn't mean that it's God's will. Just because we look busy for God doesn't mean that we should be. God also said, you need to rest. But we take on addictions and we add those, well this thing's getting heavy, to the bag. And we're carrying this bag around. And we think we've got it all set out, but then we start thinking about our future. And we've got our future that we're worried about. We're getting ready to have kids. Getting ready to have another baby. Not us, not the hoppers, no. But some of y'all in here, getting ready to have another baby. And you're worried about, man, this thing's getting heavy. You're worried about your future and how that baby's going to turn out or... Who it's going to look like, and God forbid that baby looks like its daddy. I thank God that all my kids look like their mom. And now they're starting to grow and to look like me, and I thought, oh man, you guys are in trouble. 
Because my wife was a miracle. I'm praying a miracle for you guys. But you're worried about your future. Some of you don't know if you're going to have a job tomorrow. Because things are seasonal. Brother Nick, I know seasonal is... It's tough sometimes being a farmer in Michigan. Because you don't know what your season's going to be like. I talked about your Lazarus tomatoes last two weeks ago in Saginaw. It gave some people some faith. <laughs> but I, I told them, I said, man, it's hard being a farmer up here. I said, because you don't know what the season is going to be like. You don't know what your job is going to be. It's hard to work in construction when it's raining all the time. It's hard to pour concrete in the rain, isn't it, Brother Eric? It, it can get a little tough. And so you're worried about your future, but then sometimes you get caught up on your past failures. And you're worried about what are people going to think about the way that I used to live. And just while you're going down the grocery aisle of life, man, that thing's heavy. It's getting heavy. We put in all of our past failures. We put in our future. This ain't no magic trick. That stuff's really in there. It's heavy. And we put it all in. And you start carrying it around. And then, ooh, what about your marriage? You got your marriage or you got a relationship with somebody. How many of you have been in a relationship that just wasn't healthy and it was toxic? And it probably wasn't really of God. It was of us. They look good. They smell good. They cook. They got money. We didn't pray about it, but we just know it's going to work out. And so we get, I really got to, hold on. I just got to throw it in here because I need both hands on this. And so we get in there. And we're tired in our marriage. We're tired of fighting. Weary of all the arguments. And you're weary of of your spouse not closing the cabinets in the kitchen when they should. 14 years, I'm still closing the cabinets in our kitchen. 43 years, Brother Jack said. We're just being real. We're just going to have a counseling session this morning. Come on over here, Brother Jack. I got you. Let's talk about it this morning. You want to be my partner over here? But she cooks good, though, don't she? She cooks good, so we put up with it. We don't put up with it. We, we love our wives. But some of y'all are in a marriage, a marriage trouble where your spouse doesn't understand you. And you're weary of trying to explain. And you want to raise your kids differently from your spouse. And you're weary of that. And you fight over finances. She spends too much. He spends too much. You've got all this baggage that you're carrying and you're getting tired but God said come to me God I don't have time to come today I got things I got to do it's hunting season I got to get out there and catch that deer I'm not going to eat I got you don't understand there are sales today at the store that I got to get there for and I don't know how long it's going to take me brother Mark but, but I got to get over there and I got to buy 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 because everything's on sale today. It's a two for sale, two for one, you know. So I don't have time to get to church. Or my kids have sports. I'm, I'm, real, I'm not making this up, guys. I'm really breathing heavy. This thing's heavy. My kids have sports that I got to get to. And, and I, got, I got family in town. And I got, God, I can't come today. I can't pray today. I can't worship you today. I can't be there today. 
So you're just going to continue to carry it? I'll, I'll get there eventually. It's Actually, it's not that bad. It's starting to kind of grow on me. They made a movie once about a guy that looked like this, so it's all right. It's gonna... And we're close to Notre Dame, so it's not that bad. The Hunchback of Notre Dame or something. God, I, I got it. I got it. Everything's fine. When people come and, 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 they, and they come to you and everything's going just crazy in your life and they say, how you doing? And you're like, it's, all, it's, good. it's good. Everything's good. Everything's great. Thank you for asking. When really deep down inside, you want to open up all of this stuff. Now, there have been times that I've asked somebody, how you doing? And, well, that's an hour and a half that I'm not going to get back. <laughs> However, I know that when I ask that question, to be prepared. And it's, it's always with people that you least expect it. And I'll tell you, as your pastor, if I ask you how you're doing, I want you to be honest with me. I want you to tell me. Because I can't help you if I don't know. And if I ask you how you're doing and you, everything is always fine, I'm going to start coming to you and unloading all my issues on you. Because you've got everything under control. I don't even have everything under control. But God said, come to me, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens. And I will give you rest. Can you put up the message version of that, Brother Aaron? I like what the message version says too. Because the message gets a little deeper in this. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Yep, my watch just said my, I'm tired, yeah. Are you burned out on religion? Come to me. He said, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a rest. There's one thing that I've learned about God is that if you won't discipline yourself enough to take a rest... He will put you into rest. About a year ago, I, I got COVID and I was down for the count for about three and a half weeks. Everything in my life started to fall apart. I've shared that with you before. And I truly believe, I look back at my life, I truly believe that all the signs were there to rest. All the signs were there to come to God and rest, but I ignored them. And instead, I went for the sign that said, bridge is out. And I thought, oh, I'm going to be the Dukes of Hazard, and I'm going to jump this bridge, and I'm going to be just fine. But see, what the Dukes of Hazard don't show you is that they use about 23 cars per episode. Because every one of them cars that they jumped over those bridges crashed, and they didn't recover. But God said, I'll show you how to take a rest. Walk with me. Work with me me and watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. So when God says, come to me, you may feel like you're climbing a mountain and it's heavy burdens that you're taking with you. You finally get to that point. You've made it to church. You've made it to your knees in prayer. You say, what do I do now, God? God said, come unto me, and I will give you rest. All you have to do is say, God, I'm here, and I need rest. And just like that, you'll feel those burdens and all those weights leave.
you will realize that tomorrow's problems are still going to be there tomorrow. Today you can rest. Why worry when you can pray? God said, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. He said, I won't lay anything heavy or ill upon you. Keep company with me. And you'll learn to live freely and lightly. I've been talking to you a lot about prayer. And I have, I've pretty much if I had a nail to put into this pulpit for every time I've mentioned prayer in the last two or three months, this pulpit would be full of nails. Why are we talking about prayer so much, Pastor? Because somebody in this house needs it. I can look around this room and I can see those of you that are hurting, that are broken. And I can see where your prayer life is. And I want to encourage you today to find a prayer life with God. If you're carrying burdens today, if you're carrying weights today, if you're carrying addictions, if you're carrying hurt and bitterness and failure, there is an altar that is here for you today. And I serve a God that is willing to take all of those burdens from you and to give you rest and to give you peace. That's my word for you today. That's all I have for you. Come unto me, all who are weary, and carry a burden, and I will give you rest. If you're in need of rest today, I encourage you to come to this altar. I encourage you to come find a place to pray and allow God to speak to you. There's some weeks that I say, I don't know who I'm talking to today, but it may just be me. I know I'm not talking to myself today. I'm talking to some people in here that they need some peace and they need some rest. So for the next few moments, I just want you to either pray where you're at or, or make your way to this altar and as a sign of commitment to the Lord to say, Lord, I'm coming to lay down my burdens to you. I'm coming down to find rest. I want you to make that commitment today or wherever you're at, just begin to move in his presence and allow the Lord to take off the burdens. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. He won't put anything heavy on you that's too heavy to carry.